بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد قال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد My dear brothers I don't know if there are any sisters here but if there are any sisters and elders there are not too many of those at my age now but alhamdulillah some are still there may Allah bless you I want to remind myself and you about one key issue with regard to doing the work of deen. Today, Alhamdulillah, may Allah bless you. We are all gathered here for to spend one night in Etikaf. Those of you who are able to do that, may Allah bless you and give you the reward of that. Those of you who have to go for some reason, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still give you the reward even though you have gone. Uh, I'm not trying to make a doorway for myself to go. I'm just saying this. Uh, <laughs> and maybe what is in our hearts is that we are sacrificing something for the sake of Islam. So you are sacrificing your comfortable beds in your homes to sleep on the floor in the masjid in a sleeping bag or something or an LL bean mattress or something maybe you've got that um, you are sacrificing your time maybe you would have done something else as my brother Dastagir said we had all sorts of options to do I'm not talking about bad stuff I'm, I'm sure you won't do bad stuff but even good stuff instead of watching some game or something at home you have decided to come and be here and maybe it's in your heart that you are sacrificing qurbani for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so I want to tell you and remind myself and you by talking about similar situations with regard in the lives of the sahaba and then I want you to think about this thought. And the thought is, what is sacrifice? We even hear this word quite a lot when we, when in our bayans and so on and lectures, we say we should sacrifice for the sake of Islam. No, we have heard this word many times. Sacrifice for the sake of Islam. I want you to think about this word sacrifice. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice my understanding of sacrifice is for something to be a sacrifice there are two preconditions two things have to be there before an action can be called a sacrifice the first condition is that the thing that you are sacrificing must belong to you right the thing that you are sacrificing must be yours and the second thing is that you must not get any return for that sacrifice. These are two preconditions before something can be called a sacrifice. 
So I, for example, cannot say that I am going to sacrifice ten thousand dollars which belongs to to my brother Dastagir in the wrath of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So ten thousand dollars which belongs to him, I am sacrificing. So how can I sacrifice that? It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. Similarly, I cannot say that I am sacrificing my phone to you and you are paying me a thousand dollars for the phone. See, if I am giving you the phone and I am getting a thousand dollars for the phone, is it a sacrifice? No, it's a sale. I mean, I lost my phone. True, I gave it to him, but he gave me a thousand bucks for it, so I can go buy two phones or whatever. I mean, it's it's a sale. It's not a sacrifice. I want you to keep this in mind because this is the key reason when we look at the lives of the Sahaba, Ridwan, Lahi, Ali, Majbain, and we ask ourselves this question: How were these people able to do what they did? My submission to you is that they were able to do what they did because they did not know the word sacrifice. They knew another word instead of sacrifice. And what is that word? That word is investment. Investment. Now I'm not making this up. This is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala Himself mentioned in the Quran, and Allah did not use the word sacrifice anywhere. Allah used the word trade. Allah used the word investment. Allah used the word purchase. Inna Allah shtara min al-mu'minin. In Surah Tawbah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said, "Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu hal adulukum ala tijaratin tunjikum min adabin alim." Allah did not say sacrifice. Allah said tijara. Allah said purchase, buying, transaction. Now, what is the difference between a sacrifice and an investment? Sacrifice, I've already mentioned to you. Two preconditions: one, I must own what I am sacrificing. Two, I must not get any return for it. What's an investment? An investment is something where I still give something which belongs to me, but I am getting a return for it. Man jaa bil hasanati falahu ashru amsaliha. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "The one who comes to me with one good deed, I will give him ten like that, ten times. What is ten times in percentages? One thousand percent. Ten times, right? One time is a hundred percent. Ten times is hundred into into ten is one thousand percent, and that is the absolute basic minimum of what my Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu can give." Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. There are certain things which we call غير ممكنات, something which are not possible for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We don't mean it in that context of not possible for Allah because everything is possible for Allah. But for example, لا تخلي فل ميعاد. Allah does not go against His promise. Allah does not lie. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala does not do anything evil or false. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala cannot be stingy. The absolute minimum that my Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu gives is one is to ten, one thousand percent of what you give him. Now, how about that for an investment? And there is another aspect to this, to this investment. For example, we all invest, right? We invest in the share market. We invest in real estate. We invest in all kinds of halal things. Alhamdulillah. But what is the problem with our investments? 
The problem with our investments is that even though we may have had a plan for this investment and we said, well, okay, I am investing in these, uh, these, uh, you know, uh, blue chip stocks or I'm investing in these, uh, in, in this real estate, which is absolutely guaranteed to go up by so many percentage, a percent every year in, in value and so on and so forth. There is really no guarantee because then next thing I know, I bought this house or I bought this land. And then the whole real estate market crashes like it happened here a couple of years ago. And then my land is worth, I mean, it's mud. So what is the value of mud? But with Allah's investment, with, with investment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah said, I will give you 1000%, is Allah saying, I will give you 1000% provided Wall Street is healthy. I will give you 1000% provided Nasdaq is doing well. Is he saying that? No. He's saying, I'll give you 1000%, period. Khalas. What is the guarantee? I am the guarantee. I am the guarantee. Who is that? He is the one about himself, he said. Allahu la ilaha illa qayyum La له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وَسِيَا كُرُسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا يَعُودُهُ حِبْضُهُمَا وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد this is Allah. This is Allah introduced by Allah Himself, Jalla Jalalu. And He is the one who guaranteed a return on your investment 
of a minimum of 1000%. The reason I'm saying this is to request you to do request you to do one thing and that is remove the word sacrifice from your dictionaries from your lexicons from your memories from your vocabularies when it is related to islam there is no such thing replace that word sacrifice with the word investment now let me tell you about those who did this there was a sahabi of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam and his name was suhaib and he was called suhaib ar-rumi suhaib the roman and he was not roman he was actually yemeni and he tells the story he says that when he was about maybe 4 or 5 years old his mother took him he was actually the son of a chieftain in yemen and his mother took him to a what today we would call a seaside resort so she took him to this place and that night there was a, a raid by the soldiers of rome and they came and they kidnapped a whole bunch of people and took them away as slaves and one of them was this little boy sohib so sohib went off he was taken away by the romans and he grew up in byzantine and he spoke arabic because that was his language from yemen but because he also spoke latin which was the language of the romans so his arabic had some accent he spoke arabic with an accent so they so when he eventually landed up in rome in in makka which is the, that's how he came he got sold from there as a slave he got sold to a man in makka and when the man bought him and then when he started speaking arabic there people heard this accent and they called him a roman because they said this is a man speaking with a roman accent so he got this this name suhaib ar-rumi so now suhaib radhiyallahu anhu was the slave of this man and he said to him now so he he grew up in 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 byzantine he was educated he he knew business and so on and so forth which he learned from there so when he came to makka he said to his his master he said look i mean don't use me to dig holes and you know pits and stuff let me do business for you so i will do business and i will give you a share of the profits so you get a, a major part of the profit and i will also make some money so his master said well this is good i mean this instead of me just feeding the slave he is going to make money for me so that's nice so he said go ahead so suhaib ar-rumi radhiyallahu anhu became a businessman and he used to uh, trade on behalf of his master and he his master became very wealthy as a result of suhaib ar-rumi's business and suhaib ar-rumi himself also became very wealthy now suhaib ar-rumi also was a warrior i mean this was a, this was standard training for all males in that time in practically every culture so they all knew sword play they all knew archery they all knew horse riding and so on and so forth so he also had that now rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came and he started preaching islam in makkah suhaib ar-rumi radhiyallahu anhu his heart came to islam like my brother here may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him and accept him uh, he accepted islam then rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made hijra to madina Now Suhaib ar-Rumi radhiyallahu wanted to go to be with Rasulullah in Madina. Now his master was very smart. He 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 saw this thing. He said, "Now this guy is going to go away. If he goes away now, he's he means money for me. I mean, he's doing business for me. He goes off to to Madina, which means my income gets uh, you know stopped. So he put guards on him, so he can't leave Makkah and go. 
بٹ سو ایور رومی الحمد للہ If we are sincere in wanting something, in wanting to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the way. So Suhaib al-Rumi radiallahu anhu escaped. Now he escaped and he is going off to Makkah. But of course people were watching out for him. So very quickly they discovered that he is gone. So they chased him. Now he is ahead of them. They are behind him. There is a whole bunch of them. It got to a point where he realized that he couldn't outrun them. So there was a hillock. And Suhaib Rumi anhu climbed the hill and he secreted himself on top. There were some rocks and so on. So he got in the middle of that. These people surrounded him. So now it's a, it's a stalemate. It's a deadlock. He can't go anywhere. They can't, they're not going to let him go anywhere. They have surrounded the hill. Now he's on top. Now they started closing the trap. They started coming up. So Suhaib Rumi called out to them and he said to them, you know I am an archer. And he said, I have in my quiver, I have an arrow with every one of your names written on it. So for each one of you, I have got an arrow. So they stopped because they knew him. He had a reputation of being a very good archer. So now it's a deadlock. Now what do you do? I mean, you can't go up because he's going to kill you. And if he, in self-defense and if you, uh, you can't let him go. So it's like this. So a few hours passed and then Suhaib Rumi he said to them, he said, look, I know what you guys are after. So how about this? Now listen carefully to the story. He said, how about this? He said, you are after my money. Because you know I'm wealthy. And you know that I obviously couldn't carry all my wealth or any of my wealth with me because I'm running from here. So how about this? I will tell you where I have kept my gold, my money. That is his sum total net worth. He said, I will tell you where I have kept it. You go take that and let me go to Madinah. What do you think about that? So they consulted and they said, okay, this is good. So tell us where it is and we go and you can go to Madinah. So Suhaib Arubi told them, it's in such and such a place in Makkah. They left him. They went back to Makkah. They took away his whole property. And Suhaib Rumi reached Madinah. As soon as he came to Madinah and he met Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what was the first thing he said to him? Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, Ya Suhaib, what a bargain. He said, what a bargain you did. He said, what a deal. I want to ask you two questions. First of all, what deal? What deal? He lost everything. So what deal? And here is the Prophet ﷺ congratulating him on his deal. He didn't say, what a fantastic sacrifice you made. Wallahi, may Allah give you. No, no. He said, you've done the deal, man. What deal? First question. Second question I want to ask you is this. Now put yourself in that situation. I always tell people when I'm teaching Sirah, when I'm teaching the lives of the Sahaba, put yourself in that situation. Don't just listen to the story. I'm sure this story many of you have heard before. Tell me, if you are in that situation and there are 20 of you or 30 of you, Allah Alam, how many they were. And here is this man sitting on top of this hill and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to tell you where I've kept my stuff. You go take that stuff and let me go. What is the first logical thing that anyone will do? 
Will you all leave and go? You'd be crazy if you do that. You'd be completely mad if you did that. Why would you do that? Because here is a man, obviously the first thing that thought will come in your mind is this guy is lying. He's, he's, try, he's saying this to get away. So minimum that I, that I will do is I will say, all right, so tell me where it is. I'm going to send him, you go check out that place. He's telling me if it is true, then come back. I will let you go. This is the obvious logical thing to do. So why did they leave? Ask yourself this question. This is the problem. We hear stories and we hear stories and we hear stories and there's no change in our lives because we are hearing stories. Forget the story. Ask yourself this question. Why did those people leave? There is only one answer. Because they knew that this man does not lie. This is no need. Why must we somebody go to Makkah, come back and all of these stories? There's no need. He said this. I believe him. Khalas. Who is this man? He is my enemy. He is the man I want to kill. He is the man who if I try to kill him, he is going to kill me. Here is this guy who is against me and blah, 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 what not, what not. But I believe him because he does not lie. Now, for those of you who think this is a you know bit stretched, let me give you a, a live modern day world example. In South Africa, in the apartheid period, which ended in 1995, by law, a Muslim was not required to swear on the Bible or on the Quran or on anything in a court of law when he was brought to bear witness because they said Muslims don't lie. I'm not talking Sahaba. I'm talking about, about South African Muslims. They said Muslim. Who is saying this? The apartheid government. What was the apartheid government? Dutch Reformed Church, Christian Orthodox. If a Christian man comes into the court, he has to swear on the Bible, put his hand on the Bible and say, I, speak, I swear to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. But a Muslim man comes, no need to swear anything. Please, what is the issue, brother? Please tell us. He tells us, I believe him. Why? Because Muslims don't lie. Huh? So two questions. What was this bargain that Nabi congratulated Suhaib al-Rumi and how about this? How about this reputation of the Muslims? That Muslims don't lie. The Muslims always speak the truth. No matter what. Muslims always speak the truth. So forget investment. Forget sacrifice. Investment. What was the bargain? He got the company of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa What will you pay for that? If you could buy it. What would you pay for that? Second story. And then I end because I don't want to go beyond the time. Rasulullah is sitting in his masjid in Medina. And a small boy comes and he's crying. Maybe a teenager or something, young kid. Nabi Sallallahu said, what's happened? Why are you crying? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I have a, I'm in a fix and I don't know what to do. I'm very worried. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked him, what happened? What, what's the problem? 
He said, Ya Rasulullah, I am an orphan. My father is dead, mother is dead, nobody, I have no one. My father left for me a small date garden. Now, I want to build a wall to secure this property. And on one side, there is a very big date plantation which belongs to another Muslim. And he said, there is a tree that is in the way. I want to put a wall and there is a tree in the way. That tree belongs to that man. And I don't know how many of you have seen date trees. They are huge. A fully mature date, a date palm. You can't put your arms around it. It is massive trunk and girth. So he said, I went to this uncle and I asked him, I said, please, I am an orphan. This tree is in the way. Will you sell me the tree? Will you give me the tree? He said, I, can I put my wall around it? He said, no, it's my tree. So he said, I know it's your tree, that's why I'm asking you, can, I, can you sell me the tree? So if, if I can't, if you won't give it to me, sell it to me. Tell me whatever, whatever the price is, I'll pay you the price. He said, no, I won't sell it, it's my tree. So the boy said, I'm stuck now, he won't sell it, he won't give it, so what do I do? Because if I get the tree, then I will cut the tree and I will put my wall through it, but uh, now I can't, he won't give it to me, he won't sell it to me, so what to do? So I'm stuck, he said, I don't know what to do. Nabi Sallallahu said, call the man. <coughs> so somebody went, they called him. He came. Rasulullah said to him, look, here is this boy, he's an orphan. He wants to put a wall, you know, secure his property. I believe there's some tree of yours which is in the way. Why don't you give it to him? He said, Ya Rasulullah, no, it's my tree. Hmm? I'm talking about sacrifice and investment, right? So keep that in mind. So the man said, Ya Rasulullah, so he said, no, my tree. I will. So Nabi Sallallahu said, okay, don't give it. He said, sell the tree to me. And he says, you know what I'll give you for this tree? He said, sell the tree to me and I will give you one tree in Jannah. Instead of this tree, I will give you a tree in Jannah. I guarantee you a tree in Jannah. Now, what is the meaning of saying that you have a tree in Jannah? What does it mean? You are in Jannah, right? You're not sitting in Jahannam and saying to your companions, you know what, I got a tree over there, in that place. No. You are in Jannah. This is Bashara of Jannah for you, right? Now, Allah Alam, we don't know what is happens in the minds of people. I'm not criticizing any Sahabi because he was also a Sahabi of Rasulullah But the man said, Ya Rasulullah, I am not selling this tree, period. So here is the Prophet ﷺ telling him, sell me the tree and I guarantee you a tree in paradise in Jannah. The man says, sorry, I don't want to sell this tree. I will not sell this tree. And he went away. Now while this was happening, there was a Sahabi by the name of Abu Dahda Al-Ansari anhu, who was sitting in the masjid. This is not Abu Darda because there is a Sahabi called Abu Darda anhu also who was the brother, the Ansari brother of uh, of um, Salman al-Farsi so the, these two were brothers now Abu Dahda so Abu Dahda was sitting in the masjid so Abu Dahda is sitting there he is sitting in the corner somewhere this whole thing is happening here Abu Dahda who is watching this whole thing happening he overhears 
this conversation and everything. As soon as that man left, Abu Dhahda al-Ansari came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, Ya Rasulullah, if I buy this tree for you, will you guarantee me the same thing? Yeah? Remember, he is not saying sacrifice. He is saying, if I buy the tree for you, will you guarantee me what you guaranteed, guaranteed this man? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, yes, sure, why not? So Abu Dhahda al-Ansari left the masjid, went behind this man. By the time he reached the man, this man is in the middle of the market of Medina. So he stopped him. And he said to him, I just saw you in the masjid there and this whole transaction happened. He said, I have come to ask you, sell the tree to me. I want to buy your tree. That man says, you're crazy or what? I mean, why would I sell you the tree? I I said to the Prophet ﷺ, I don't want to sell this tree. Who are you? Why should I sell you the tree? So Abu Dhabi said, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Tell me, what do you know about me? So the man said, look, I mean, what kind of a conversation is this? I mean, you, you, I know you, you know me. Eh? So what, what kind of a thing? He said, no, 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 you, I want you to say, I want to hear from you. What do you know about me? Now, put yourself again. As I said, when you hear these stories of the Sahaba, put yourself in that situation. So you are now standing there. You are one of the people watching this thing happening. So what are you seeing? You're seeing a whole bunch of people also gathered together because now there's some conversation happening here. People are there in the market. Everyone is watching. There's something happening over here. Let me see what's happening. So this man says, now tell me, what do you know about me? So this man says, you are Abu Dahda. We know you because you have and you own the most valuable piece of real estate in Medina. You have a date garden which has 650 bearing date palm trees. You have a well of sweet water in that garden and you have a house and this whole thing is, is secured with a boundary wall and so on and so forth. He says you are sitting on gold man. I mean this is your, your property is the most valuable property in Medina. This is what we know about you. This is what everybody knows about you. Abu Dhabi said, yes, that's right. He said, now this is the deal. And my deal is, sell me that one tree and I give you this whole property. Eh? Sell me that one tree and I give you this whole property. The man said, you are mad. Are you crazy? Something is wrong with you. I mean, what are you saying? You are going to give me that whole property, the 650 trees, the well, the house, the whole works for one tree? Abu Dhabi said, yes. The man said, you will not change your words? He said, no. He said, you will not go back and say, no, no, actually I didn't mean this. No, 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 I will not say that. Now, by now, there's a whole crowd of people around them. Everyone is watching what kind of a crazy thing is happening here. The man said to the people, you are witness, you are witness, you are witness, you are witness, you are witness. This is the transaction. Are you all witness? They said, yes, we are all witness. The man said to Abu Dhabi, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm sure. He said, okay, all of these people are witness. I accept your transaction. That tree of mine is yours and your property is mine. Right? Deal. Now, Abu Dhabi goes to his, now his home, right? This is where he lives. He goes and stands outside the outside the gate. Doesn't enter. And he calls out to his wife, Ya Umadada. She comes out of the house. He says, Bring the, the, the bring the bring our things and bring the children. She says, Where? He says, We are going. She says, For what? He said, I just sold this. I sold this whole property. Everything. 
Put yourself in that position. What is he saying? He is saying to this woman that he sold the roof over her head. Yes? He said, I sold this property. She says, to whom? He says, to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa She says, for how much? He says, for one tree in Jannah. What does she say? Does she say, I want khula? Huh? My husband is gone mad. He's insane. I, my nikah is, is fasid. Is she saying that? No. You know what she says? She says, Subhanallah, what a bargain. <coughs> she says, Subhanallah, what a bargain. He says, Alhamdulillah, what a bargain. <coughs> she didn't say, what a sacrifice. She says, what a bargain. She gathers her things. She takes her children. As they are coming out, one little kid has a date in his mouth. The kid lives in a date garden. What will he eat? She puts her hand in the mouth of the kid, takes out the date, throws it and says, We sold this to Rasulullah Don't eat. Come. They go to the masjid. And Nabi was Sharif. Abu Dahda says to meet Nabi And he said, Ya Rasulullah I have bought the tree for you. I bought the tree for you. And then, you know, he's a human being. He says, Ya Rasulullah, what you told me is true, no? I have that tree in Jannah. Huh? Rasulullah says to him, Ya Abadahda, when I promised you, I promised you one tree. He says, but your Rabb showed me your Jannah. And your Rabb has filled your Jannah with trees. Huh? Investment. Investment. You took and you spent one night in the masjid. Remember, every breath you take here is as a guest of Allah. Jalla Jalla. Your knee of etikaf is the knee of ibadah. You play jeopardy, that is ibadah. You eat pizza, that is ibadah. And that pizza, you may be questioned about whatever else you eat, but this pizza you will not be questioned about. Because this Allah gave you to eat well. This Allah is giving you. And when you pray, remember, you are in the house. It is your haq on the owner of the house to ask whatever you want to ask. It is his his not to refuse you. So ask. Ask for yourself. Ask for your families. 
ask for your country ask for the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam ask whatever you think is impossible ask that whatever it is that you consider to be impossible completely crazy insane cannot happen ask that because my rabb jalla jalaluhu his qudrat and his quwwat and his taqat and his izzat and his power and his glory and his majesty <laughs> has no boundaries has no boundaries his power starts where my mind blows when i cannot think anymore that is where my rabb jalla jalaluhu power starts so when you make dua make dua with this complete and total yakin that you are asking the one who has no limit on what he can give you and ask and tell him tell him ya allah you said uduni astajib lakum ask me and i will give you ya rab you said this i am asking so give me give me because i am asking give me because only you can give and i am asking only you without any partners because nobody but you can give so give me and when you sleep that sleep is ibadah that is what you are getting here for every second that you spend in this masjid in etikaf there is a clock running with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalu the clock of your rewards where the minimum is 1000% and in another place in surah al-baqarah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said one is to 700 and then my rabb jalla jalalu doesn't count and this counting is only for us so he said wa yudhaifu liman yasha wallahu wasiun alim he said and he will increase according to his grace and majesty what is his grace and majesty in the tafsir of, of surah al-fatiha ibn kathir rahmatullahi alayhi writes he says that in the tafsir of alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin he said there was a slave who went into sujood and he made this dua he said rabbi lakal hamdu kama yanbaghi li jalali wajhika wa li azimi sultanik He said, "Oh my Rab, Lakal Hamd, all praise and all thanks is to you. Kama yambari li jalali wajhik. How can the slave even say this unless his Rab put it in his heart to say this? I ask Allah to give you those words which He wants to hear, which have never been spoken by anybody before." May Allah make you say those words and be pleased with your reward inshallah. So the slave said rabbi lakal hamd. Oh my rab all praise and all thanks be to you. How much? Kama yanbaghi li jalali wajhik. In keeping with the glory and majesty of your face, of your glorious glorious countenance. وَالْعَزِيمِ السُّلْطَانِكَ 
and in keeping with the glory and majesty with your creation with your sultanate with your empire Rasulullah said the recording angels were witness to all this they had never heard these words before so they go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla and of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what the slave is going to say even before he says it but the malaika the angels are doing their work so the, man, the angels go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they say ya rabbal alameen your slave said something in praise of you that we have never heard before what reward should we write for him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the angels again I reiterate and emphasize and I want to point out whenever you hear a hadith like this where they say Allah asked is not because Allah does not know Allah knows already Allah is asking to establish witnesses in favor of his slave so Allah is asking the malaika what the malaika say becomes witness in favor of the slave so this is the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the mercy and the favor of Allah on his slave so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what did he say the Malaika said, Ya Rabbal Alameen, he said, Rabbi laka alhamdu kama yambaghi li jalali wajhika wa azim sultanik. O my Rabb, all praise and glory and majesty and thanks to you. In keeping with the glory and majesty of your countenance and in keeping with the glory and majesty of your kingdom. They said, Ya Rabb, this is what your slave said. This is how he praised you. What reward shall we write for him? Rasulullah sallallahu said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu said to them write the words of my slave as he said them and I will reward him in keeping with the glory and majesty of my face and in keeping with the glory and majesty of my kingdom eh? my Rabb does not count and give it is not his eyes and his shan. It is not his glory and majesty to count and give. So when you are here, this is an investment. Make the most of it. Make dua and ask Allah and take from Allah. Allah doesn't call to take, Allah calls to give. So take and take and go. When you go, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to accept your etikaf. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for you and to bless you and to show you his signs. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to grant you the, the ru'ya, the sight in your dream of Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam as you are in the masjid and if you are not in the masjid wherever you are sleeping inshallah I ask Allah to give you this, this bounty which only he can give which is so that you meet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam in your sleep I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you with istiqamat which come with complete 
confidence with complete steadfastness on the path of iman leading to his pleasure jalla jalalu ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you in your entire life in a way where you are obedient to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the way and path of his of his habib muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take you in a state of iman when he is pleased with you to give you a long life full of health and good cheer a long life where you are protected from every evil on the face of the planet and that allah takes you in a state of iman and yaqeen i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you meet when you when you are resurrected to resurrect you with muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his sahaba ridwanullahi alaihim ajma'in i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shade you under the shade of his arsh on a day when there is no shade except his shade i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you are under his arsh to show you his pleasure by showing you a sign in that place i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you the meeting with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam on his hawd al-kawthar i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the water of al-kawthar by his blessed hand by the hand of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decree and grant that you cross the sirat in the protection of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the company and behind muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam and i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you jannatul firdaus al-ala bi ghairi hisab wa sallallahu على نبي الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين والحمد لله رب العالمين